hands just for another minute or two Father we just give you all of us we let everything else that has troubled us everything else that's blessed us everything else whether good or bad we just let it go and we say Father we love you we need you and we're focused on you whatever you would have for us today we ask that you'd open our eyes to see it open our ears to hear it and open our hearts to receive it all in Jesus mighty name amen amen hallelujah give somebody a big hug before you're seated and then you may be seated can I have that please hallelujah amen amen Thank you, ma'am. Amen. Good morning. God is good, isn't he? God is good, isn't he? God is good. You know, sometimes we can get, um, you know, we can get sidetracked with looking at the negative things that happen in our life. I love what, what RJ said, that he, God had him to look at the things that he had. Rather than the things that he didn't have or the things that were breaking. Aren't you grateful for what God has blessed you with? And if you're not saying amen, then you're not grateful for the breath that's in your body, huh? Come on, man. That's that's major. Without that, you're not alive, are you? But you're in your right mind. Or at least most of us. Just joking. No, we're in our right minds. God is faithful. God is good. I am so grateful to be here. I know that uh, a lot of people are not here today, but we don't worry about that. The message that we have today is for you who are seated, uh, seated here, right? So, so listen, I, I, w- I want to talk about some things, and it's important because two weeks ago, last week, we didn't have a message per se. God wanted to show himself strong, and uh, we love it when he does that. Amen. But two weeks ago, we talked about a a couple of controversial things in the body of Christ. You guys remember what they were? You can talk to me. You know, it's okay. And if you're wrong, I I won't be mean. I'll just go, okay, and I'll just say, yes, we talked about God's plan for blessing our lives with prosperity, with blessing, with financial blessing. Amen. And that God has no problem with lavishly pouring out upon your life. But the key is, what will you do with what he blesses you with? It's your obedience that determines how God is able to continually pour pour out. I said this, um, I don't know if I said this then, but I I was talking to someone else. And it's like this, as the water from the the source, listen, if we had a water hose and we connected it to the, the water faucet, as the water from the hose, the, 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 the faucet is the source, but the hose is connected to the source. And as long as the hose is distributing the water that God is sending wherever it goes, that faucet will stay on. But once there's a kink in it and there is a trapping, the hose decides I'm not going to distribute anymore. Then most times the source will turn off because it'll do damage to the hose. Did you know that? So it's just like that with God when he's blessing us. God will continue to lavishly pour upon your life if you're willing 
to release it where he wants it to go. But all along the way, listen, you got to understand the hose is getting wet as it's delivering. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with God blessing you financially. And I said to you, I said, in order for us to understand this, we have to do the first thing that God, that Jesus ever preached was to repent. We got to change how we think. If we pick up the world's thinking, we're going to hoard because the world tells us to save. Right. And there's nothing. Listen, listen, there's nothing wrong with saving. But there is save. There's a thing where we hoard versus save. Okay, And then uh, the next part about it is, is that the next thing that God had us to talk about was healing. God's plan for us is that we walk in divine health. Did you know that he didn't? The truth of the matter is that healing is a byproduct. Really, what he wanted us to have was health. That means that you never were sick, that we needed no doctors, that we needed no medicine. But because of sin and because of the way we think. We're going to fall into those categories where we go in and we need those things and we have symptoms in our body. But God's perfect and God's best. What Jesus bore in his back The stripes that he bore was for every sickness and every disease. Did you know that? But we don't walk in that. That doesn't make us less because we don't. It's just a matter of what we know. Y'all with me? Come on now. Y'all know I need y'all to talk to me, man. Come on. So what I'm saying to you is, is that these are very controversial things. And even as I'm talking about them now, just in review, I see some of your faces crinkling up because you're like, I don't know if I agree with that. And guess what? You don't have to agree with me, but you should agree with the word. Right. And I'm just telling you what he said. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So I'm not I don't have time to go back over uh, uh, that whole message. But I did want to say that we have to change how we think in order to receive the financial blessing that God has for us and the health that God has for us. But there's another big thing that I want to talk about. Another thing that has controversy in the body of Christ, because we don't understand we go into one of two ditches. Okay. There are two ditches, right? There's a ditch that says, and what I want to tell you first, let me say this grace and works. Okay. When we talk about grace and works, there's a ditch that says over here that I must work my way into heaven. Okay, and then there's a ditch over here that says, I've got grace. I don't need works. I can do whatever I want to do. Those are two ditches because that's not what God has said. Because the truth of the matter is we are saved by grace, grace, but our works shall be judged. Oh. So all of this is very important and we've got to understand this. So let's first go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Let me get there. And we're going to read 8, 9, and 10. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Because I want you to understand this. I I want to make sure that we see this before we move on to start talking about works. Because that's what we're going to deal with mostly. First thing is, before I go, can I define what grace is? It's God's unearned, unearned unearned unmerited that means you didn't work for it okay it's undeserved favor let me say that again it's God's unearned unworked for 
undeserved favor. Okay. That's what grace is. But now we need to find works too so we can get into this. Works is this. What we do with what God has given us. Come on, man. Y'all just going to stare at me like I'm crazy. Come on. Okay, you're right. All right, good. I'm good. I'm glad. Some of y'all remember to bring y'all notebooks. Amen. Or you, or you got it on your phone, typing them in the notes. Again, what is works defined as? Works is defined as what we do with what God has given us. So now remember those two definitions as we go throughout so we're on the same page. Because you may have a different definition of works. You may have a different definition of grace. I want us to be on the same page. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Say that again. For by grace are you saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. Not what you did. It is the gift of God. Not of works, he makes it clear. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So here we are where God is telling us, hey, listen, this is grace. It is my gift. What I'm bringing to you is a gift. It's something that you couldn't work for. Okay. You couldn't work for this grace that I'm giving you. But now that I have given you this grace, what does it say in verse 10? Read it to me. Come on. For we are. Come on, come on. For good works unto good works. So wait a minute. We're his workmanship that he's that he's done for us to actually do good works. So there are things that we do that he has for us, but grace is how we got saved. The works are the things that grace saved us to be able to do. Grace we didn't have to work for. Grace was a gift. Grace is how we get into heaven. But once we're in, there's something that we have to do. He's done this. He's shifted us. He's created us. He's changed us in this moment. For good works. So there are things that God is requiring of us that we must do. And if we don't do it, there are consequences behind it. Now, I need to say this. I need to make sure that I say this. The first thing is, does everyone understand that when we get to heaven, we're not just going to be fat angel babies sitting on clouds playing harps? Did y'all know that? Did you know that everything that God, that what, what God put on earth is a reflection of what he had in heaven? When he told him to build a temple, he said, do it like the heavenly temple. Right? When he said, I'm bringing this, this, this city down to New Jerusalem, it's coming from heaven. Already built. Did you know that the technology that we have, God uh, revealed it so we could have it? He already had it. He already had it. He doesn't have an abacus with the little, you know, the little beads and counting. That's not how he adds this way. He doesn't just have those things. He's got technology that he's the one who's revealing to us. 
Did you know that there's more that's going to happen in heaven during the eternity than you just chilling? Most of us don't think that way. We think we get to heaven and yeah, man, it's done. All I do is I'm on eternal vacation. That's not what it is. There is a plan that God is doing and he says that you have a part to play in it. But there's some some things that you have to do here. I want to make sure that you understand this. Uh, Again, I want to stress that salvation comes when we receive Jesus Christ and him alone. Not our works. Not how much we work, how hard we work. That's not how salvation comes. Salvation comes because Jesus came, lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and bore all of our sins. And if we receive what Jesus has done, we are saved by grace. Done. Okay, I want to make sure I make that clear. Because that's where it gets murky because we start to meld that together, that, that, that salvation takes me working more. And that's not true. It takes me receiving Jesus. Now, but the rest of that verse tells me that I have to do works. Now, even since day one, go, go back to uh, Genesis 2.15. Let's go there real quick. Genesis 2 and 15. Since day one. Did you know this? I I don't think most of us realize this. But since day one, Genesis 2.15, God has ordained us to work. Even in perfection, before man fell, before there was sin, before there was a problem, God said there's work for you to do. So works have been around since day one. Okay? Here's the thing that he said, and it says this, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden, into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. You guys do know that there was more than just the garden, but the garden was where he put God, Adam, to be able to take care of that. There's a lot more earth. He made everything, all of it. And as they had children, they went out and filled that up. Did you know they were having kids before Cain and Abel? I, I think I taught that before, didn't I? He gave them a commandment. Listen, he gave them a command to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. The only thing is Cain and Abel, the reason why they make that mention of them first is because they were the first children born after the fall. Okay, I don't have time. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Let me keep going. I don't have time to teach that today. So ever since day one, God has required works of man. Listen at this. Go to Hebrews eleven six. We're going to do to, go to a lot of scripture. So, so be ready to flip or pay attention or write down Hebrews eleven six. I want you to see this because I want you to know it's not Pastor Ken's word. I'm not trying to make this up. This is God's word. Okay. In Hebrews chapter six, uh, chapter eleven. Excuse me. I said. I think I said chapter six. Hebrews 11 chapter, I mean, ah, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Wow. Says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must first, uh, excuse me, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Now, I want you to understand something. This is very important that you understand um, what faith is. If we, we need to have a working definition of faith, and, and, and I've taught you this many times. I hope it's stuck. Anybody, has it stuck with anybody? I'm going to put you all on the spot. Ooh. Can anybody tell me uh, um, a, a, a kind of a definition of faith besides um, 11.1? Matter of fact, I got something for you. Mm. Boom. Bluetooth headset. You can tell me a definition. Tell me the definition I've been giving you. It's simple. Oh, y'all going to keep y'all notes from now on. Now, man. All right. Nobody got it. So remember, he only rewards those who diligently seek him. So this time we'll, we'll save it for next time. All right. Faith is this belief that's put into action. You might want to write that down. You might see that again. Huh? Pastor might give you a gift next time if you realize that. Faith is belief that's put into action. Okay? Because listen, I can have hope and believe all day. Did you know the Bible says the devils believe and tremble, but they still they still destined for the lake of fire? And they still do what they do. They believe and tremble, but there's no action placed to their belief. So as long as they're believing, the believing is good to have it there. But if there's no action, there's no faith. And without faith, it is impossible. I'm not even going to say to please God. It's impossible to do anything without faith. Once you say impossible, without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. So there's action that has to take place. There are works that have to be done. And this is what God is requiring of us. He's asking us if we believe that Jesus is the son of God. If we believe that we have been saved by grace, then there is faith or action that needs to start taking place. And without this. There's something that's missing. Let's keep going. I want to keep going. Uh, uh, James 1, I want to make sure you understand that this works part is, is good. Go to James 1. We're going to stay in James for a little bit. We're going to read 21 and 22. James 1, 21 and 22. And then we're going to read 2, 14 through 20. James 1, 21 and 22. It says this, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Okay. Lay apart these actions, lay apart these actions and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers. What is that? Isn't that an action? Isn't that work? Doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you only hear and don't do, you're deceiving yourself. Okay, so, yes, I'm going to heaven, but I have more that has to be done. I must be a doer of the word. Okay, again, I'm going to heaven if I receive Jesus, but I must be a doer of the word. Uh, One more two. when I tell you two, 14 through 20. This is James talking about faith without works. It's dead. What does it profit, my brother, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? 
if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Man, I love that. I love that. You know how often we do as a church? Now, I don't mean just the church at Thorn. I mean it's the church body. How often we, or, or even just as in so many different areas, we give platitudes. We say to people, hey, it's going to be all right. God going to work it out. But yet sometimes God has put the working of it out in our hands. That's why they've been placed in front of us. For us to be able to meet the need that the person is, is having need for. We just saw that last week, right? When God wanted to meet someone's need who was struggling. And we had the opportunity to do so. It is our responsibility. If we don't, if we just say, hey, be warm, be filled, I'm going to be praying for you. He's saying that there's something missing from that. What, what good did it do them? Even so, excuse me, in verse 17, if it hath not works, uh, excuse me, uh, even so, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. He's trying to explain to you that faith cannot just be Something that has no action. Okay. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou uh, know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. It is vital for us to understand that God has saved us for good works. I want us to look at this. Um. Before I, before I touch that, we're going to 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 1 through 15. I believe I'm only going to read 8 through 15. You guys can be listening and reading while you get there. 1 Corinthians 3. But I want to say this. I want everyone to understand that for saved and, saved and unsaved people, there are only two judgments or excuse me, there are two judgments that will take place after you die. Now, remember this. Which one you show up to can only be determined while you're alive. Okay? You get to make the choice which judgment you get to go to. One judgment is the judgment seat of Christ. And all believers will be there. Okay? But the great white throne of judgment is the place where all unbelievers will be. And listen, if you're at the great white throne of judgment, you might as well know that the lake of fire is your destination. So you want to be able to choose the great white throne of judgment. I mean, excuse me. You want to be able to choose a judgment seat of Christ, not the great white throne of judgment. You want to make sure that you've received Jesus. Now, what happens at the judgment seat of Christ and at the great white throne of judgment? First thing is, books are open. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Have you received Jesus determines whether or not now you get to enter heaven. If you're there, you were in front of the judgment seat of Christ. And now what happens is what we're going to read 
here. Okay, let's read that. What did I tell you? First Corinthians three. I'm not there. Give me a second to get there. First Corinthians three. And uh, man, I I won't read all of that. Let me just read eight through 15. Is that okay? And you guys are going to read the rest of it. Okay. Only one person agreed to that. Okay. Okay. You gonna read the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Now he that planted and he that waters are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own works or labor. See that every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation another builded thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. He's talking about you adding to what The foundation has that has been laid, which is Jesus. As you're adding to that, take heed how you add for another foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work. So the building that we're building is every man's work shall be made manifest for the day uh, shall declare it because it shall be revealed. Oh man, that's the scary part by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Every man's work of what sort it is. Every man's work of what sort it is. What sorts are there? Gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Does everybody understand the process of of gold and, and silver? That as it goes through fire, impurities are removed and it becomes better. Right? You with me? As it goes through fire, its impurities are removed and you're left with the best part. But wood, hay, stubble... When it goes in fire, when it comes on the other side, it's ash or nothing. It's important to remember that your works are in those categories. What are you doing for God? Here is the, here's the rest of it. I'm not finished. Uh, it says this, and, and I want you, I want you to remember 14. Keep seeing this. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Remember, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's nothing wrong with a reward. Amen. If any man's work shall be burned, wood, hay, stubble, he shall suffer loss. But him, uh, but he himself shall be saved. Right? Because we already told you. If you're saved, you're saved. Your works don't save you. Your receiving of Jesus does, but your works determine your reward. And he says this, yet so is by fire. I'm going to pause there and we'll we'll stop there. I want you to understand 
this very thing that our works are crucial. How you build upon the foundation that has been laid. Whether or not you are a person that will continue to honor and obey and do for God what he has called you to do with what he has given you. Most of you, no, I won't say most of you. Some people may be thinking, well, what if God has not given me anything? That's not true. Number one, he has given all of us gifts and talents. But number two, you have the spirit of God dwelling on the inside. You have all that you need. There is no excuse that can be made. I don't have any talent. I don't know what I can do. There's nothing. You got a mouth that that can declare God's goodness. Amen. This is this is this is very important to see because so many of us get caught up in 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 saying, "Well, I'm saved," and and then we live any way that we want to. And all we're building for ourselves is wood, hay, and stubble. And rewards are important. I, I won't go to this. I won't go to this. But in Luke uh, uh, chapter uh, uh, 10, I believe it is, it talks about them receiving uh, talents and what they do with them. And with the talents, God says to the man who had the 10 talents, he told him, he said, listen, you shall be ruler over 10 cities. Did you know that your works will put you into a position of leadership or servitude? I don't want to talk about that today. We got to talk about that another day because that's a lot of story. A lot of people are going to be mad at me for that one. I want to look at something else before we go. Uh, look at Matthew 16, 27, and then we're going to John 14. So I want you to see this. As a matter of fact, let's go to John 14 first. Can we do that? John 14, uh, 8. This, this, this chapter right here, guys, um, John 14. Um, is that where I wanted to go? 8. Sit down, Lord. Nope, that's not where I wanted to go. I meant, oh, yes, it is. I just need to be in John, not Luke. All right. Let me get over to John. Yeah, John 14. Listen, this is talking about Jesus going to prepare a place for us. Okay? He's talking about leaving and going to prepare a place. And I love this because he tells us he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that he's going away. And then one of his disciples, Peter, uh, Philip, excuse me, says to him, Lord, show us the way that you're going. Okay? In verse, uh, let me see, uh, um, in verse 8, Philip says unto to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Show us the father. And Jesus says unto him, have I been so long with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the father. And how sayest thou then show us the father? Believest thou not that I am in the father and the father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. He doeth the works. So what Jesus was doing, the works that Jesus was doing was because of the father. 
These works were crucial. Why? Listen to this. He says this in, in, in verse 11. He says, believe me that I am in the father and the father in me or, a little, or else believe me for the very works sake. You may not believe me just because of everything else, but at least believe me for the work that you've seen me do. That's why God needs us to do the work. Because people can hear you talk all day. You can talk a good talk all day. There's so many people, man. We were just talking. I was just standing in the, in, in the foyer out there talking to somebody. And they were telling me how this person just says so many platitudes of how God is this. And they doing this and all of this stuff. But their actions show the opposite, show contrary. And they said it makes you sick. Wow. You wonder why people hate the church? You wonder why people hate the church? Because we talk all this yang and then they see us in the club next to them. Getting drunk, trying to find the the, the next person to sleep with. Listen, listen, I'm not saying that we don't fail and make mistakes. There's a difference between failing and making uh, and making a mistake. Right. Where I choose to walk in it versus this is something that happened. You have to understand that. But the works that I do are what's going to be the thing that draws people to him. Let me, let me, oh man, I, I, I want to get to Matthew 16. I want to, but let me jump over real quick. Um, um, go to Matthew 11 before we do that. And then, and then, oh man, I'm trying to hurry guys. Matthew 11. But you know, the truth of the matter is this is something you need. Matthew 11 and 20. Let me get there. Matthew 11 and 20. Um, and, and then we're going to do Matthew 6, 16 and 6. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be trying to get finished here. Matthew 11 and 20 says this. Um, then Jesus began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Did you see what he just said? In that place, Jesus is sitting down and he's frustrated. And he begins to fuss at them and he says, look, I've done so many great works in you and you still haven't changed how you thought. My works were supposed to cause you to change how you're thinking, but, you're, but, but you've not done it. And he says this, woe unto thee, Corazon. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Because you saw my works and decided not to change. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, thou shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Are you telling me that the works that were done, that Jesus had done, Sodom would have repented? And they were awful. Imagine if we do the works for real, how the world would change. But the problem is we're not willing to do the works because we only want to do what we want to do. Keep going. Let me keep going. What did I tell you? Matthew 16. I'm almost finished, guys. I'm almost finished. 
Matthew 16. I can't skip six, but I, I, I'll say it quickly after Matthew 16, uh, 16 and 27, I believe, is where I want to go. For the son of man shall come in, in the glory of his father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man. Come on, tell me. According to his works. He's going to reward everybody according to their works. I don't want mine to be wood, hay, and stubble. I don't want what I do in life to be something that deterred people from Christ rather than led them to Christ. How I cussed out everybody. How I, 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 I this is, this, now this one is really me that, I, that God keeps dealing with me about how I'm yelling on the highway at people. I, I, no, and that, that's, that's, that's awful. I have to be different. Last, last one before we go to the, the, the very last thing we're going to end with is 2 Corinthians 9. But, but um, let's go real quick to Matthew 6 while we're here. 19, 20, and 21. Matthew 6. It says here, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's telling you, Jesus is saying to you, it's important that you have reward. It's important that you have treasure. Did you know that? If he's telling you this, listen, if he's telling you this, it must be important. This must be crucial. And the way that it happens is by you'll be rewarded by what you do with what you've been given. Amen. Whether you've been given very little or a lot. I remember talking to somebody about this, and I think I said this two weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again. Do you remember the lady? Who, who was supposed to help Elijah. When he came to her, he said, hey, um, can you make me some food? And she said to him, I only got enough to make me and my son a little cake and we're going to eat it and die. And then he says to her, which would have which been all over the news, if I ever said something like this, man, they would say I, it was heresy and I was just a heathen. Go make me some first. The lady ain't got but enough for her and her son. And I'm going to take all that she got. I'm going to take a piece of what she got. Instead of saying, okay, no, no, you good. He said, go make me some first. But the answer to that was God was trying to be a blessing to her, to, for her to be able to see God. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians. This is the last thing I want to see. I want to say, because it's important. Second Corinthians. It's about your works, but one in specific. Second Corinthians nine, six through fifteen. But this I say unto you, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye listen, listen. Always having all sufficiency in all things. What for? 
for every good work. But you want to know why you don't get returned? Because you don't do. If you're always waiting on somebody else to do, you don't need nothing. Why does God need to give you anything if you're always waiting on somebody else? But he says, if you're willing, you always have all sufficiency in all things. All sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he that disperses abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, this is God giving seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, enough for you to eat, right? Listen. And multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. So my works that I've been, once God has blessed me with all sufficiency because I'm a cheerful giver. I'm a cheerful doer. I'm a cheerful giver. They don't twist my arm. I'm not mad when I put it in the offering. I'm not mad whenever I do what God asked me to do and then something bad comes up along the way. I don't blame God. I'm cheerful. Then I have all sufficiency and in my all sufficiency, I'm doing great works and people are seeing it and everywhere that I'm touching and every time I'm meeting a need and every time I'm helping out, God is getting glory. Do you understand that? God is getting glory. That's listen. Do you understand when we pass the offering plates? It's for that reason. It's so we can have sufficiency, so you can have sufficiency, so others may glorify God. It's not so that we can just store it up and put it in our pockets. It's so we can have all sufficiency for all things. When people come up, listen, when people come up and have need of something, and if we don't have it to give, how is God glorified in that? But you're God's children. You're the ones that say you know him, that say he's good, and you don't have it? And you can't meet it? And you can't deal with it? That includes, listen, that's sickness and disease. That's sorrow and joy, peace. All of those things, including finances. Because it costs money to feed and clothe and house and, and drive and, and lights and warm and all of those things that are necessary for people. It costs money. Are y'all shutting down because I'm talking about money? I'm telling you that what God has said. I'm, I, I, I'm not making this up myself. I'm reading what he said. It would cause thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplied the wants of the saints. It's not just for you. But is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. The works that you do should cause people to see God and his goodness. It should cause you to be able to be able to cause people to be able to want to come to Christ. Does your life 
and your actions make people run to Christ or run from? That's a hard statement. It seems like I'm leaving it on a sour note. But the truth of the matter is, it should be a joyous note. We should be living for Christ. That's not a hard thing to do. Guess what? He redeemed you from the curse of the law of sin and death. He said, I want to provide and supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask a thing. I'm the one who healed your diseases. I'm the one who gives you great joy. I'm the one who comes and gives you help in your time of need. I'm the one. He says all of these things for you. You should be excited. But the problem is the way we think. We can't see that. So we live like the world because we think that their way is better. Or right. Or good. And we've missed the fact that God's way is perfect. He wants us to understand that we do have works and our works will be judged. Everything that we ever do. Man. I got, a, I, I got some things that are wood, hay, and stubble. I can guarantee that. I do. I already know it. There's some things that I did that I've done that have been selfish, some things that I've done that have been vile. And those are wood, hay, and stubble things that I go through. But there are also some things that I've done and that I'm pushing towards more and more day by day that will be gold and silver and precious stones. And I'm praying that those things will outweigh, not because I'm worried about salvation, but because I want to be able to say that when they went through, that equated to lives being changed. Did you hear that? That equated to lives being changed. Listen, listen. I wrote this down, and that's the most important thing is more than just rewards, but our works cause others to see the Lord and to come to know Jesus. That's why the reward is a benefit, man. Yeah, come on. We all like rewards. None of us would go to work if we didn't get paid. Let's be honest. So we like the reward. But the fact of the matter is that the reward shouldn't be the only thing. In this case, we want to make sure that everything that we've done will lead people to know Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your mercy, for your grace, for your love. I thank you, Father, that something today would click in our hearts to know that, hey, we are responsible for what we do with what you've given to us, Father God, whether it be financially, whether it be verbally, whether it be our hands reaching out to others, opening our houses, driving and picking up somebody, whatever it may be, that, Father God, it would all lead to one thing, people knowing you. Don't let us be those that would have a lot of wood, hay, and stubble of discouragement away from Christ, leading people away from Christ. Let us have more of leading them to you. With every head bow, every eye closed, I just heard God say, do this. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I probably got a lot of wood, hay, and stubble. But I want to set today as the day that I'm determined to make sure that I got gold, silver, and precious stones. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Don't be embarrassed right now. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on. The question was, hey, I know I've got some, I got a lot of wood, hay, and stubble, but I want to determine today. I know I have determined today that it's a day of gold, silver, 
precious stones. I'm even standing. I'm even standing. Because that's what I want. That's what I want. From this day forward, nothing but gold, silver, and precious stones. But still, while every head bowed and every eyes closed, I still want one more thing. There may be someone here today that says, you know what? Man, I'm not even sure which judgment I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to. I'm not even sure about that. If you want to be sure that you would be before the judgment seat of Christ, that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I just want you to stand up too. If you need to know that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that for everyone standing, Father God, that you would be the one who's causing their their thoughts to change so that they could see you in every situation, Father God. Every situation that they would do would bring glory to you. And that means that they're going to be obedient. That's just what their heart would say. Whatever you say and do, God, I'll do. Wherever you say go, whatever you say do, whatever you tell me to say, whatever you tell me to give or, 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 or to, to, to share or to, to open up to, I'm willing to do. So, Father, I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And, Father, as we leave this place, we don't leave your presence, but we go forth with your anointing, your authority, causing lives to be changed for your glory, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We will see you on.